The Pokes Report podcast is sponsored by Stillwater Barber Company, located at 609 South Main Street, right here in Stillwater. Randall and Joe are serving up the best haircuts in town, which includes regular haircuts and skin and razor fades, as well as shaves and beard care and trims. The beard care includes a wonderful blend of beard balm, beard oil, and just a little bit of steam to bring it all together. And as always, shampoo and conditioners are two for $20, and I can vouch for the shampoo because that's what I've been using for the past several months. It's a wonderful tea tree oil shampoo paraben and sulfate free that leaves your hair and scalp squeaky clean and smelling great and as always you can find blue roaming around the shop so give them a call at 405-269-8590 or you can check them out at stillwaterbarber.co to book an appointment today Welcome into the Pokes Report Podcast. Zach Lancaster here alongside Brian Murphy, and we have a special guest today, Mr. Jonathan Walker. Hello. Is that on your birth certificate, Jonathan? Jonathan. Just John, Jonathan. Jonathan. Oh, I like it. Yep. I like welcome, it. Welcome back, because we've done this before. That's yeah. true. We yeah, had you a couple weeks you. ago. And uh, obviously... First, I, first uh-huh. two-time guest. Really? I believe so. Well, since I've been. First two-time since guest. I've been here. What an honor! Yeah, because I don't count Robert because he's a uh, no. he owns. Well, the, the other one website. was kind of a call in. Yeah, he owns the website. Robert's. Yeah. So I don't count Robert. So yeah, the actual guest. Yeah, first time back. Wow! To back. Wow. wow! Hopefully, it goes better than uh, the basketball game on Saturday with Texas. First back to back Big Twelve. Yeah, that didn't go yeah. all that well. But the the main topic. Neither did the joke. And and no shots, of course. Just a a, a friendly observation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the main topic of this podcast is obviously going to be the new hire of Oklahoma State Defensive Coordinator Brian Nardo. I, I, I would imagine that maybe towards the tail end we might get into some other things, but first and foremost, you know, let's let's dive into this. I can honestly say that I am like most people that I had never heard of Brian Nardo before. I had never heard of Gannon University before, but. That does not mean that I am as down on the hire as some people in the Twitter sphere is. It's amazing how many people knew about Gannon and Brian Nardo and and their opinion real quick on whether he was any good or not. Yeah, and I'll just I'll I'll say what I said yesterday on my radio show and and the day before. I'm not I'm not going to talk about this with orange colored glasses. Um, I am optimistic about this hire. I think that this certainly could work, but like most things, it's going to take some. There's going to be an adjustment period, and it is okay to be skeptical. I, I, that's that's flat out. That's very fair. It is okay to be skeptical about this hire. It was okay to be skeptical about the hiring of Jim Knowles. It's okay to be. It was okay to be skeptical about the hiring of Mike Yursich. Now, in that same vein, look at how successful. Jim Knowles turned out to be because if you look if you go back and, and you were here I don't know if you saw any of the the chatter four or five years ago five mm-hmm. years whatever it was but you saw it who the hell is Jim Knowles why the hell is Mike going to Duke University what what are we almost oh, yeah. Duke University no. no there was a lot of jokes about did he go to the basketball team yeah. he... Cornell you think a guy that went to Cornell knows football and then Jim Knowles left at the end of the 2021 season and it was the end of the world the sky is falling. Yep. Oklahoma State's never going to be able to play defense again. <laughs> and look at Mike Yersich. Now, there's still some people that hate Mike Yersich, and I think they do it just out of spite. But when you look at the numbers that Mike Yersich's offense put up, they were pretty good. Now, I think that that same grace should be extended to Brian Nardo. 
Not saying that he's going to come in here and revolutionize this defense. All of a sudden, they're going to hold opponents to 20 points a game or anything like that. But you can't just completely write him off because Mike went to went to Gannon University. Well, it's interesting you say that he's going to come, not going to come in and revolutionize the defense. He's going to come in and change the defense. Well, to there's go no from question. A, from a, a four two five a hybrid three three, they're going to run more three three, which is what gave us fits so much this last year. Um, and John, I'll let you kind of talk more about what that three three five does. You know, as opposed to a four man front, uh, just kind of as as you've looked through that stuff. Yeah, so one of the it, it allows you to take advantage of really versatile linebackers and really versatile defensive backs, and that's if you look at you know. You probably could have seen the writing on the wall if you looked at what they got out of the transfer portal. They go get Ladarius Webb. They try really hard to retain Kendall Daniels. They go and get Kenneth Harris from. from I think he's. Uh, from, gonna, I think from, he's a big from picker. Arkansas State. Yeah, they like they go numbers. and get all these really athletic, really versatile corners and, and safeties, and that immediately should have you know kind of gave everybody a red flag that oh there might be changes on the way and so that that's one of those things that allows you to keep up with maybe some of the speed and, and agility that you see throughout the big 12 on a week-to-week basis um and then obviously the the big thing is we saw in the national championship when you go against a a, a really 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 physical team maybe the three three five isn't the best um but but Brian Nardo was limiting teams to sub four a carry at Gannon, which is ideal in that scheme. So yeah, it'll it'll be different. It'll be a different look from the defense, but in in some ways, it'll be a different way to take advantage of what they have on the roster but right people, now. People people are going to go with that whole oh well, Gannon was a lower level. Cool, they were playing against lower level offenses right. as well. It's still the same hundred yards, still the same width. So you know all that's the same, and so ultimately, you still have to stop the other team, whatever level you're at. Right. Um, it's not like he was the coordinator at Georgia playing against Gannon level guys. I mean, they were that was an equal playing field and he was stopping him. Yeah, and I'll I'll just use the numbers that have come out in the last, I think 48 hours or so. Um I, someone had said to me like, "Well, you can't specifically use these numbers to support your theory and that that this could work." And I was like, "I'm not using the numbers per se. I'm using what they represent." So if you look at Gannon in 2021, Total yardage this defense gave up was close to 400 yards a game. They gave up close to 160 on the ground, close to 240 through the air, roughly 30 points a game. Third down percentage was almost 46%. Red zone touchdown was almost 60% is what the defense gave up. Nardo comes in, uses essentially, uh, you're going to lose people. You're going to bring people in, quote-unquote transfer portal, whatever you want to look at it. But he came in with a team that was not his, that he didn't put together, that was designed for whatever system that Gannon ran in 2021 and limited total yardage to 287, run on uh, on the ground 103, through the air 183, scoring he not, he lopped off nearly 10 points a game. Red uh, third, uh, third down was about 37%, which is 10% less than it was, and red zone touchdown about straight 50%. It's not the Gannon numbers that I look at. It's the improvement that his system and his football knowledge made. Well, I, I think those numbers were better than they had been in some 20-odd some twenty odd years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, That's what I look at. I, I think a lot of people kind of need to step back and view this move like they would the stock market. If you put $1,000 in, you're not going to expect it to double tomorrow. Um, you know, he, he made half of that back 
Yeah, it. Now he, I'm going he, to my E-Trade account. I've got to check my penny stock. He made so half of that back and then some at Gannon this past year mm-hmm. on that same scale. But, you know, may, you know, your year one improvement isn't going to be like you said, Zach. He's not going to allow – they're not going to allow sub-20 points a game. If they do, fantastic. Yeah. But just expecting that out of the gate is unrealistic. But, you know, in his – he switched to that scheme, and we talked about that on Triple Play this week. He switched to that scheme after the 2017 season, and within two years, Emporia State had one of the best defenses in Division Two. So it's it's something that takes time to implement, especially when you're completely overhauling the system with players who have previously been in a in a four three four two hybrid, whatever it might have been here. So yeah, don't you know the the immediate reaction is warranted. Like you said, it's okay to be a skeptic over it, but but give it time, let it breathe. Well, and I also have to, I I understand that there there's certainly some thoughts and some assumptions that Pokes report is you know we carry Mike's water and and it's you know we're a bunch of ass kissers and orange colored glasses and we're way too optimistic. But in this situation, when you look at Mike Gundy and the success that he has had in hiring coaches, specifically on the defensive side of the ball, was uh, when you look at uh, Spencer, when you look at Glenn Spencer, that wasn't the best that Oklahoma State had. But when you look at how the defense has evolved over the last 20 years, you go out and you hire Jim Knowles. And you already had assistance in place. When Knowles, that 2021 season, Mike Gundy was a genius because you had a great defense in place. You allowed your assistant coaches to implement their thoughts, their processes into this defense. You look at the success that they've had. The recruiting has gotten five times better than it has over the past three or four years. You look at the talent that they return, the young talent, some of the transfers that they've brought in. When you look at you've retained all your assistants, you lose Jim Knowles. It's the end of the world. You don't know what's going to happen. Two of the players that Oklahoma State initially brought in, one was named the LSU Defensive Back of the Year. It drastically improved his draft stock. Not that he wouldn't have done that at Oklahoma State, but you do what you did at Oklahoma State in the SEC, and that's kind of like what we sure. talked about with Malcolm Rodriguez. If Malcolm had the exact same career he did at OSU in the SEC, he'd have been a first-round draft pick. Size be damned. You look at Tanner McAllister at, LA, or at Ohio State, he drastically improved his draft stock. Those are guys that Oklahoma State evaluated, recruited, and brought in and developed. Yes, you don't want to lose guys like that, but Knowles leaves, and you go out and you steal a Power 5 defensive coordinator from some pretty big-time programs that wanted him as well. And I'll give Oklahoma State a lot of credit. They knew when they signed Derek Mason that it was probably going to be a one-year deal, not a guarantee, but they knew going in that he had a a legitimate thought of stepping away from football at the end of this season. So it's not like he's, oh, seven and six, this team sucks. We got a transfer portal, and we can't keep players. Mike Gundy's impossible to work with. No, they knew that when they hired him back in 2022. So – I, I have to give Mike Gundy a lot of credit in hiring coaches. Now, is this going to work out? I don't know yet. I, Sean Gleason didn't work out. That It was a situation that he came here. It wasn't a fit. He goes to Rutgers. He gets fired in the middle of October or let go or parted ways or whatever you want to look at. So that one's a bit of a loss on the column. But for the most part, Mike yeah. Gundy knows how to hire coaches. So, and, 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 you know, John and I, we talked about it. And I think Brian and I talked about it as well. An hour to two hours after the hire was announced, you had 
uh, Football Scoop, which is a wildly successful and incredibly knowledgeable uh, source, come out and post text messages saying, hey, I just got this message from someone and they think this is a home run hire. You hear the national talking heads that know a lot more football than any of us ever will combined, and they're like, this is an incredible hire. 2019, AFCA top 35 under 35. Nardo was on that list. So you're getting a, a very knowledgeable football guy. Is it going to work? I don't know. But you can't just write it off because he's from Gannon. Well, this is this is a guy who was going to be in Division One somewhere. Uh, yeah, that was, it the was mess, yeah. It was Gundy who went and found him and pulled him into Division One. If it, you know, probably around here we don't hear about it. But if it happens at like a Virginia Tech, then everybody around there has the same reaction to start with. They go Gannon. What the heck is Gannon? And then two or three years in, they're going. That was a heck of a hire. Well, now we get to hopefully be the ones who say that was a heck of a hire. And kind of to paint the bigger picture here, Joe Bob Clemens moves to co-defensive coordinator um, and. And was it in run game coordinator? Is that what, or is he just co defensive coordinator? And then Duffy is the pass game yeah, coordinator. Pass game so, coordinator. but what you've done there is is you've kept one of your best coaches, Joe Bob Clemens. You've kept him. He doesn't look at this and go, "Well, to heck with that. I'm out of here again." Probably gets a pay raise. Probably. And then Tim Duffy, one of your best recruiters. I mean, I would venture to say the best. the best recruiter knows Louisiana like the back of his hand and yeah. has really had success there. You keep him as well and. Those are as as big of steps, and and I would venture to say that some of the other guys are probably going to get a little bump, you know, as well. Hammerschmidt and all those guys, but um, I'll be interested to see whose whose responsibilities are actually what. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, does does Joe Bob move back to the D line? Does he stay with the linebackers? You know, I've seen something where um, where Nardo is going to do. He's just going to coach the rover position. Well, that makes the rover position one heck of a position if the defensive coordinator is you know it'd be like your offense coordinator I'm going to coach quarterbacks as well mm-hmm. you know so be interested you know is that rover position is that a Colin Oliver or is that a uh Kendall Kendall yeah you know I, and that's where I, it's interesting because we were talking about it last night in the station uh, yes it's a three three five but this doesn't mean that every single snap of every single game is going to be three down line correct Colin Oliver is too valuable to now, and I'm not saying that he's not going to be successful because I'm I'm quite looking forward to seeing Colin Oliver as kind of a stand up Leo linebacker edge rusher kind of a guy, but you're not it, three down linemen every single snap is not feasible. You're going to have a four man front. Probably there's going to be situations where you're going to see a five man front. You're going to have four down. You're going to see a linebacker. I hope up. on the goal line we don't just have three guys. Yeah, like it's <laughs> it's it's just not going to it's not feasible to yeah. to just have that. You know so. It, there's a lot of, and I get it. I, I'm gonna, I'm not taking shots at people. I'm not gonna call anyone out specifically. I'm not even gonna call out the fan base. But this this hire, there's a lot of doom and gloom, and I think a lot of it goes directly back to the season. It was a it was a bad year statistically, uh, categorically. It was one of Mike's worst seasons. You lose players to the portal. You finish horrible. Uh, you you lose in a bowl game, which is awful. You lose a little bit more people. You lose your defensive coordinator. All of a sudden, the program's going to hell. Right. And now you're bringing in a guy from Gannon. So, what the hell? Why not just continue with the you know? So I I get the doom and gloom, but it, you have to step back and look at this objectively. You just have to. You can't you can't just continue to say, well, this is just indicative of the piss poor finish to the season. Right. It just yeah. it's not it's not working. Yeah. I, I saw a lot of the you know, I think Jacob Unra from the Oklahoman had put out that one of his sources said like unbelievable guy, better coach about Brian Nardo. Mm-hmm. 
And I think somebody replied and was like, yeah, okay, who did he pay to text that or whatever? I talked to one of the PSAC coaches that made the playoffs last year. What is PSAC for our listeners? Uh, the I can't, the like Pennsylvania State Athletic, something like that. Yeah. I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's the Division II conference at Gannon's, in, uh, I believe. It's, I the, it's all the penitentiaries over there. That ah! are yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Pennsylvania. Yeah, so no, so I, I talked to one of the head coaches from one of the two schools from the PSAC that made the playoffs. And they were like, that was one of our, you know, we might've won by a lot, but that was one of our toughest schemes is is having to scheme for Brian Nardo's defense. Mm -hmm. And so it's not just like a bunch of hoopla. They're like, Oh, he's paying people to say good things about him. Or people are just saying good things about him. It's like, well, Bruce Bruce Feldman doesn't go out of his way to talk about the guy coming from, D whatever to D well, one. I mean, that right there should be in that. That right there should give you all you need to know about the hire of Brian Nardo, because there are a lot of people, specifically Oklahoma State fans, that think ESPN or these big national heads have some kind of bias against Oklahoma State. Only the NCAA, not all the ESPN. No, no, no. Just I know only but, the NCAA. But when you does. but when you listen to you know like TV announcers or national report, they don't report a whole lot on Oklahoma State, and and you know you hear a lot of good stuff in the broadcast about the other team. And I'm not saying that it's justified or it's not justified, but when ESPN's national football writer comes out and and pumps this higher, Mike's not lining his pockets. The, that sh- I'm not, and again, I'm not saying that this is uh, this is going to work or anything, but it is a good hire, at least on the at least from the football side of it. Is it yep. going to translate in year one? Jim Knowles's year, first year in Stillwater, was atrocious. Mm-hmm. Like you had a lot of people that were like, "Well, this is what you get for hiring from Duke." Look, this is this is what. Well, he switched systems. You had a, you had a lot of guys that had different defensive coordinators. You have a lot of guys that are having to learn on the fly, a lot of youth that you're having to learn on the fly. And year two was drastically better than year one. Year three was drastically different. And then you look at 2021, and they had the top three defense in the country. Is it going to be a top three defense in 2023? Probably not. I think it's safe to say they're not going to be a top three defense just based on all the changes that are going to have to make. But that doesn't mean that it's a failure. Well, we saw in in game one – this year, we came on here and we were talking about all the communications issues sure. that the secondary was having. It was a brand new secondary. You, know, you give up 44 to Central Michigan, everyone panics. Right. Yeah. And so that'll be, you know, Nardo's success, I think, is as much kind of going to be luck as it is um, as it is scheme because if everybody stays healthy, he's going to look fantastic. Yeah. If everybody, I mean, it's just like fantasy football. You could draft the best team in your league, but if four of them get hurt, now you got the last, you know, the worst team in your league, and I think that we saw that this last year with all the injuries. You go from having one of the more talented defensive rosters uh, and offensive rosters, and then you deplete it. There's no scheme in the world that that can get you out of some of those some of those messes. There, there's not one. Okay, there might be one. Maybe maybe Georgia or Alabama. There are. 99 percent of college football teams are not going to have. 15 very, very good offensive linemen. You're going to have five really good offensive linemen, and you're going to have some pretty good backups. And then your three deep are going to be youth and guys that aren't just cutting it and trying to figure stuff out. But you're not going to have three deep that are just absolutely incredible. You look at Oklahoma State, and was the was the one deep offensive line, was it incredible? 
No, but when they were healthy, they blocked pretty well at the beginning of the season. Yeah. And then you lose a center, and then you lose a tackle, and you lose a guard, and you're having to take your second-string tackle and put him at guard opposite side of the, the line, and you're having to play guys that don't play center or guys that aren't ready to play, and you're plugging them in. And I, I'm not trying to make excuses, but everything goes to poo-poo when you start to lose more than you're too deep. Sure. All at yeah, once, well, mind you. The, the guys behind them have not had as many reps at fundamentals. You know, so if now all of a sudden you're, you're the guy that goes in has bad fundamentals, you have to overcome that. And it's just another thing you have to overcome. But and I think that's where Nardo's success is going to early success is going to be um, kind of capped by the the amount of healthy starters that he continues yeah. to run out there. If Justin Wright plays every game next year, well, that's thirteen games that you had a really good middle linebacker. Absolutely. He plays seven then there's six games you didn't have a really good middle linebacker. And I also have to look at, uh, you look at the improvement of Lyric Rawls. I'm really excited to see what he can do. Trey Rucker wasn't eligible this year, but he impressed a hell of a lot of people in the bowl game. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, if I know that it's premium, but if you go to Pokes Report, we've got a way too early depth yeah. chart, and Trey Rucker is squarely in the middle. You, But you also look at the fact that you're returning Corey Black, who you get another year, he's going to be really good. Kendall Daniels, incredible. Colin Oliver, incredible. You're bringing in Justin Wright, who is going to plug and play and be a day one starter and an immediate impact player. You're not having to say, okay, well, he's coming from Division Two, or he's he's a, he was a bench player. You've seen the success firsthand against Oklahoma State. You know he's going to work. You look at Anthony Goodlow, and mind you, both of those guys, what did they play in at Tulsa? A three three five. Both those guys are incredible. Those are really good players, and you also have some really good guys that are you're, that are coming back. That there's some youth certainly, but I'm excited to see Ben Kapinski out there as a scholarship player, mind you. I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, what Nathan Latou does as a a guy that is most likely going to get a, a majority of the snaps. I know he's probably going to be behind Goodlow, but you're going to see a lot of Nathan Latou. Incredibly athletic this year, Justin Kirkland. My God, uh, 6'4", 3'35", put up 35 reps on the bench test yeah, last week. That's it, it's wild. So you you don't and again I'm again I'm not going to sit here and say that this is the best defense in the Big Twelve or they're going to be incredible, but you don't think Brian Nardo is licking his chops saying, "Oh my God!" Could you it, imagine? The first time he puts on the he puts on film and he goes Colin Colin Oliver I've heard the name let yeah. me l- oh. let me watch him Unanimous and then freshman goes all American oh my god Ken, <laughs> you Kendall, know and then Ken, Kendall Ken, Daniels yeah and then he goes how t- he's six five yeah I bet he hadn't had a six five safety at Emporia or Gannon maybe ever. You know, I mean think, like every one of these guys I mean, he's kind of brought into the role of like just be the genius in the room mm-hmm. let the let the um, assistants the assistants yeah. go find the athletes. You just yeah. be the kind of the, the nerd, you know. Uh, and that was brought up nerdo? yesterday. Nar- no, never mind. Nerdo, nerd. Yeah. Well, that was brought up yesterday in the radio station. But he's never heard that. You don't think that these assistant coaches are going to be directly responsible for their guys? Like, there's not, there, there's going to be a change in system per se. Yeah. But there's still going to, there's going to be some of the same schemes, some of the same play calls. You're going to have Tim Duffy in charge of the corners. You're going to have uh, Greg Richmond in charge of the defensive linemen. Hammerschmidt's going to be in charge of the safety. It's not. He's not bringing in an entirely new staff. There's not changeover. There's not really turnover at all. Yeah, you're not going to miss a step there. No, yeah. I think there's. Sorry, I get to. Oh, you're good. You're pitch good. Pitch this to you. Do you think? Do you think whenever he answered the phone 
and said, hey, this is Mike Gundy on the other end. He was like, Are you, who's pranking me? Do you think that uh, – so Stillwater has never heard of Gannon. Do you think people in Erie, Pennsylvania have ever heard of Stillwater, Oklahoma? He gets uh, a phone call and he's like – Spam? No, I'm going to send it to voicemail. Uh, hey, Brian, uh, leaving you a message. Uh, this yeah. is Mike Gundy. Mike Gundy here. Call me back. Yeah. Um, all right, thanks. <laughs> right. And then he's just like, nah, yeah, sorry, no, no, this can't. No, because no, no, usually, no. you know, it's not unheard of for that level to jump to Division One, but it's going to a Troy. It's going to Central Michigan, Western Michigan. It's not going to the Big 12. Mm. Not for the most part. And so, yeah. Well, not I've, at that level. Right. Not and, at D.C. Right. Oh maybe, yeah, yeah. You're going, maybe you're going from coach. DC to a corners coach, yeah, maybe linebacker an analyst, coach, yeah. something like that. Yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to it simply based on the possibilities that it presents. I would yeah. like to see last last thing. I would like to see an update in analysts because mm. the guys that are in there have probably never heard. They they know of three four mm-hmm. Gary Gibbs and and oh goodness, I know here. Yeah, yeah, I know. Anyways, uh, Clay. Yeah, Bill Clay. The last time they said three man front, they had four linebackers. You know, there was a thing back in the could 80s, you, 90s. Could you imagine Oklahoma State running four linebackers? A three, four right now with this linebacker room. Oh, It'd be interesting. Yeah. Two years ago, we could have. <laughs> with two Malcolm years ago, would have been yeah. incredible. With Malcolm and, yeah. and Cobb. And, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, anyways, have we ever gotten clarification on why in the world Lamont Bishop's math didn't work out? That still bothers the me. The damn NCAA, man. Still sticking it to the me. Cowboys. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it was just. It's coming down to the end of eligibility for these super seniors. Like you're coming down to the last little group. Oh, really? And I, well, I mean, you look at it nationwide, and you're. I would, I would venture to bet the number of super seniors you're going to have in 23. I think next year will probably be the last, yeah. like very, very noticeable group of yeah fifth years. So I, I think the NCAA is looking at it and they're saying. I'm no. We we we've got to get rid of the like technically yeah. you should have a covid year but we got to we got to start moving on and scholarship numbers are weird and not Oklahoma state but like the NCAA whoever makes that decision so Right. I'm I'm guessing that's what it is. Yeah. I'm I'm really excited to see what I got. You know, we talked a lot about Colin Oliver slipping back to to play like that rover position and, and play, you know, kind of he a true edge mm-hmm. more so than just a defensive end. And that creates all types of possibilities for stunts with Kendall Daniels and Colin Oliver. Think about that. You're, would you want that coming at you? No. And then you or Lyric Rawls showed how yeah, good yeah. he could rush. Lyric yeah. Rawls yeah. was really good. And then you're lining want, Goodlow up on the other I side. I would want no part in that pass rush coming at me because that's the, you know, sure you might not have four down offensive linemen every single snap, but it allows you to be really, really, really creative with how you send pressure. So here's here's one deal. So if you do a if you're going three three and Colin is on the line, okay, let's say he's the he's the end over there mm-hmm. on the line. Is that where you would anticipate him to be, or would you be in the second three? Where do you guys think first? I th- before on, I go into this, honestly, I think the second three. I I I, I probably do as well because okay. he's just too athletic. But I think it's not. I, I think a lot of this defense is going to be. There's going to be a lot of hybrids. I don't yeah. think it's going to be a strict 3-3. Three, three, I think you're going to look at Colin Oliver and you're going to say, okay, well, you're not in the first three. You're going to be in the second three. But sometimes. Well, down, a, down in distance are going to – Yeah. Are going to – It's the third and 15. We're going to run gonna a, on the first We're going to run a 3-3-5, three, three, and we're going to have three down linemen, and you're in the second three, but we're going to move you up. We're going to we're gonna yeah. put you two feet off the line. So I, I think he'll be a hybrid. Pick so, a gap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of well, a lot like what uh, – 
what Denver started to do with like Von Miller. The Bills did yeah. it a little bit this year too before he got hurt. But and I think they're going to keep it. They'll keep it Leo. Yeah, and they'll, they'll keep it quote unquote defensive end. But yeah. I don't think I think it's going to be like he did it uh, at Edmund Santa Fe, and like he did it. I think he's just. I don't think he's going to be in the dirt. I think he's. It'll be a three three five, and he'll yeah. just be the fourth on the end. Well, the reason yeah. I say that is is if it is early. You know, early downs, stuff like that. Where if he's on the end, now I've got a two hundred and forty pound, two hundred fifty pound guy with. I've got two three hundred pound. I'm running that way, mm-hmm. and so you know I, that puts him kind of in a bad spot right there. But especially if Goodlow's on the other end. So if I got three twenty in the middle in Kirkland, two eighty on this side. Well, I don't want to run that way. I'm going to run this way. Mm-hmm. So it'll be. That's the kind of stuff that you know Nardo's going to get paid a lot of money to figure out. Yeah. So. Yeah, that that'll be the, like you said, Zach. It's a lot of hybrid stuff. It's a lot of creativity. How can we create pressure? How can we simulate pressure without actually rushing more than three? And uh, it'll be some like a lot what they did this year. How can we bend, don't break? Essentially, we'll we'll let you throw three yards down the field. Rush gonna, three, drop eight. We're gonna rally to it, and you're seeing that work. Really, not not even just like in college, but just in football over the past two three years. So it'll it'll be interesting to see what they well, do. Didn't didn't Monken just crap all over that though? In the uh, yeah, I mean, talk yeah. about a perfect yeah, yeah perfect game. But that's the, no question, and that's where I can't I can't look at the three three five and say, well, it's clearly not successful. Georgia's a. I don't care if you had. Oh, yeah. I don't care if you had all eleven. In the secondary, you weren't you weren't stopping that Georgia team. I don't I don't know if there was a team that you could have lined up in that situation. Now they may not give up sixty plus points, but there's not going to be a situation where Georgia doesn't win that ball game. They're they oh my god they're just yeah they're ridiculous and they're going to be I don't know about better next year, but they're going to be just as good. Yeah. Hard to say they won't because. Kirby Smart's still there. They just mm-hmm. keep. I mean, he, that's that's got to be another one where whenever you look up and you see Athens, Georgia, yeah, I'm taking that one. Yeah, this <laughs> I don't isn't think a, this isn't a prank. Yeah, that would be fun though if you're a frat boy, just uh, scour the internet and find the numbers of D two, D three coaches, or you know, like lower end group of five and call from that town. Jeez, hey man, I you're got sinister, a job. Zach. You're sinister. <laughs> he shows up. Oh boy, that. So awful. what do you think? Okay, how? Let's switch over to the offense for just a second. This you read uh, my mind. Um, that's what I'm here for. I was that's just so fixing it. Ro- that's so romantic. You know, you work long enough. I was just <laughs> fixing to. I was just fixing to say, let's talk a little offense. Well, what do you think that the? What do you think the new run scheme, how is that going to benefit Ollie? How is that going to benefit Jaden based on what they were trying to run last year versus what we think they could do? Because, you know, last year, and Robert always talked about, you need to be kind of a, a one, one-cut one type back. You know, and Ollie's kind of along that line. Jaden definitely is. Uh, but he just sort of wasn't ever finding the holes. Mm-hmm. Well, He's running into the back of holes a lot, but I'll, I'll give. I think I'll give Jaden the benefit of there not being a hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll give him the benefit on that one. Yeah, yeah. What I, about Elijah? And then is it Elijah, Elijah Collins? Elijah Collins, yeah. Michigan State. He's more. That's that's a an interesting get. Uh, I don't know how to look at that because, well, and not even that. You also have to throw Arlen Bruce into the mix. You know, he's very versatile. He's you do line him up wherever. Mm-hmm. So. I think they would have liked to have taken an additional running back, but I think you get that kind of in 
yeah. in, in Arlen Bruce. Yeah. But I, I don't know what to expect with Elijah Collins because he's had success but not long-term, uh, sustained. Thousand-yard rusher is a freshman, a, a but year, then, yeah. yeah. Just kind of fell off. So you're getting experience and you're getting size, but I think that you enter this year. And the Cadillac tells me that Ollie is the number one. But had he, even if even if he had not gotten that Cadillac, He's, in my opinion, Ollie is he's the he's the back this year. He's the number one. Yeah, I think that to answer your question, I think it helps. Like when you when you're in a zone scheme, it's a lot of, as you probably know, it's a lot of communication. When you have what they they called musical chairs throughout all the past season, it is so hard to gel together on a week to week basis when you have no idea who's going to be lined up next to you. Well, and series, a lot of times series, you don't know yeah. who's yeah. going to be the running back. Yeah, yeah. So when you when you switch to more of a gap, it's like here is the target hole. Put your head down and hit it. Um, you might have that one cut. Like, oh, here's the possible cutback if they overflow or whatever it might be. But I I think the gap scheme will significantly help everybody, backs included. So yeah, that's that is one thing that I have I have not liked about doing this running back by committee, hot hand, mm-hmm. you know, sort of thing. To me, you've got to be on the field, and your eyes have to see, okay, they lined up like this earlier, and we were running that way, and we're about to do it again, and they stopped me right there. So if they lined up like this, you know, it's it's just some, some experience, some familiarity with being out there. You're almost going for luck. You know, who had the better drive mm-hmm. because we happened to block them this time. And I, I love the fact that we've gone to this uh, the gap scheme rather than zone – reads and and all that i think it really works better with probably bowman who's good, probably going to be the quarterback um which is interesting him and elijah kind of have the same sort of college career freshman really good then you eh, think they're eh, gonna, you eh. think they're going to beef with each other oh, uh i bet michigan, that, michigan State. i bet that i bet that weekend <laughs> is interesting yeah or do you think do you think bowman is like i was there to try to improve my career but yeah, you're there two years and play in front of 110,000. I bet you get a little bit indoctrinated. Think, you, you, don't, you think he wants to whoop up on Sparty? Nah. I think he probably I, wants to beat Texas Tech more. Yeah. I, I would so. agree with that. I think so, yeah, too. I would yeah. agree with that. Is yeah. that here or there, by the way, this year? Uh, I think it's there because they played here. Is it there? But they haven't, Beautiful. They haven't released the We schedule don't know what will so. happen because they're probably going to well, send OU and Texas on the road for yeah. all, uh, <laughs> that's all, true. all, what, nine conference yeah. games. So Well, and then you're also adding in – yeah. Four new teams. Yeah. So whatever. So are you? It, it's clearly not going to be everybody plays everybody, but they yeah. don't want to go to divisions. So what they say over the over the next two years, assuming they stay, fingers crossed. Yeah. Oh, you in Texas stay? You'll play everyone within the next two years, right? But in theory, you'll play half this year, yeah. half next year. But you know, oh, you in Texas leave after if this is their last year in the Big Twelve. Then it just kind of all settles itself which, out. Which which new road game are you looking forward to? BYU. I think this. I if I could remember correctly, I think the scenery right outside the stadium is just mm. beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, I won't be going, so I don't care. Yeah, I probably I probably won't. I don't know. But in terms of in terms of playing somebody, yeah. Um, Cincinnati. One. I was going to say Cincinnati, UCF, UCF with Gus Malzahn. Yeah, I think those two would probably be the ones I'm most looking forward to. Um, but I could also see the Big Twelve saying, "Okay, well, we've got Cincinnati, we've got UCF, we've got West Virginia. You'll play these three this year, and then you won't play them next year." 
yeah. since they're kind of if more you're gonna out of if the you way are going to rotate, everyone's yeah. going to play everyone within the next two years. Yeah, I could see OSU like if you're going to be on a road trip or whatever. Like, okay, well you you're going to make these three trips, and it'll be this year, and then you won't have to do it next year. Uh, yeah. I could see him splitting that up where you always have a long trip, but I just mean the first year, right? And then, and then after that, like you're either you're either going to play UF, oh, right, UCF, you go back down to you're either going to play or, or, what, since or you're going to go to BYU or, or West Virginia or whatever. It yeah, might because be. someone's always going to have a longer longer trip, right? Not you know, right? My like, kids are really excited about you, Central Florida. You taking UCF. them? You're going to go to Orlando? That's, yeah, they're going to make it make a Disney that's, trip yeah, of that's, it. Well, I don't know. I mean, they just stopped the Splash Mountain. I mean, yeah. You could just throw water on your kids That's if you really good point. It'll be the good same point. ride. Not a Disney so, not a Disney princess get guy. The, just get in the elevator. Just get, I'll meet them all. What you need to do is go to I don't think it's is it Hollywood Studios or I don't they may change the name of it. But go to Tower of Terror. Yeah, Hollywood. Oh yeah. yeah. Sneak sneak a couple of bottles of water. <laughs> when the windows open and you see the park and then it drops, just dump water on CJ. So go. my sister was just in Disney. And my they, dad and brother were. And she said that was closed and that they're planning on closing it. So you got to go. You, you've got to go now. Tower you know, of Terror, yeah. yeah. So when I went, when I was in fre- when a freshman in high school, uh, our band and choir took a trip. We played. And what did you play? Trombone. I went to college for trombone. I was quite delicious. Nice. Yeah, you like that? Um. But we went and we got to go on Mother's Day, which was kind of a bad idea, except for everyone got there afternoon and we got there when the park opened. So we got to ride Tower of Terror like nine times before the park like yeah. officially got busy. The ninth time we're backing out, the ride breaks down, but we had already finished the ride. Like we're 12 feet from the platform. We're 30 minutes and then they let us off and they're like, okay, well, Technically, you rode the ride, but since you were affected by it, instead of going right out of this door, go left, and you'll bypass the line. You can get <laughs> right back on it. There were like 300 people in line. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah the way they do the, the fast pass now, mm-hmm. like to me, that was my favorite part of going to Disney was like trying to find the best, the, the quickest, like when can I go ride Peter Pan real quick? Mm-hmm. When can I go ride? Mm-hmm. You know, some where they're just scouring the phone. And have, you, have you taken your kids yet? Have they been before? Yeah, we went a couple years ago. Big, big family. Do not go the week after New Year's. It is the busiest time because all the schools in the nation are out. And oh, my goodness. Okay. Okay. It was wall to, I mean, it was shoulder to shoulder. You know how wide those. No thanks. What comes first, Labor Day? Memorial, yeah, Memorial, Memorial comes first. Yeah, yeah. Labor Day's don't, in don't, September. Don't or go, don't go Memorial Day weekend either. That Any is, holiday. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Well, my brother, he was a part of the collegiate program, the mm-hmm. college. I don't even know what it's you called. You get the internship. Yeah, he was there in throughout the fall, and he was like, "It doesn't really matter when you go, right? Like it's gonna be, it's uh, gonna be awful no, no, and busy no, no. all the time." But the holidays are obviously the worst. But we, he said it's busy no matter what. You they've they've got all the cameras mm-hmm. there that you can see down all the all the little roads inside mm-hmm. the parks and stuff. The week that we got back, all of school has started back up. Mm-hmm. Which if you're a kid and you miss the first week of school, is that gonna kill you? No. We looked on the cameras and I mean it was a ghost town. Mm-hmm. We were like Yeah, this was we it. We should have gone one week later. This was it. This, this was, was it. it. I, you know, I'm I have to put this on the preview, the Twitter preview. I was gonna like, say when to do Disney. You know. I was gonna say I didn't anticipate uh, a Disney yeah. a Disney a Disney switch. discourse. Yeah. Ooh. That's true. Well if you want Disney discourse, my my sister. My my sister and mom yeah. are my brother went to put it on his college resume, but my sister and mom are they would they would have just done it because. Yeah. They could tell you the history. They could tell you all of it. 
I like Disney, but I'm not like a Disney adult. Although Star Wars, big, big Star Wars bought guy. by Disney. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've heard I've heard that, that that I've heard that that whole it was under construction whenever we were there and they just had like little holes in the fence and stuff and so like you could see and All it, the Star Wars it was stuff. unreal just yeah. looking. I mean, it was literally looking into a Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. And then they say it's incredible. Yeah, oh, say well, I've the, heard that you yeah. feel like you're you're in one of the movies. Yeah. It's just stupid. And they've like they all went as a group last year and then the year before, and like they're trying to get me and my wife to go. I can't constitute spending like three or four thousand dollars to go to really one park. Like I, we would do Magic Kingdom because it's you got to go to Universal too. Yeah, if you're down that, there. I mean, you might as well. yeah. <laughs> but like, I can't. Con- but so like us, we would stay like one or two days and go to a couple parks. Yeah, and then we would have we would have gotten a Verbo or whatever yeah. on uh, at uh, Cocoa Beach, and we yes. we would have just done in, the the space Cocoa. We'd have just done living on the beach and going to Kennedy. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Either of y'all want to attempt to uh, try to bring this back to OSU Sports? or OSU's going to be in Orlando, which also happens to be Disney. So it, Boom. It well, works. That's how we got to the Disney conversation. Yeah. But, and here's what's, here's what's crazy. So I wanna, I, that is, I'm glad you brought that up because I do want to talk um, big picture, Big 12. Because I had a discussion. I don't remember who it was with. Um, maybe Cliff Brunt, I think. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was with Cliff. And it was the last OSU home game. And we talked. It was Iowa State. And we talked Gonzaga potentially joining for basketball, which obviously circles me back talks, to yeah. whether or not the Big 12 is going to join the Pac-12 or anything like that. Do you think Oklahoma State, and this is a facetious question, obviously I think you guys know the answers to this, football it can be done because you're taking at most six or seven trips, and, and, I, and that's like on the far, far end football's feasible you're going to take three or four or five trips baseball you're talking like 20 road trips out west basketball 20 some odd road trips out west probably less but 10 15 road trips out west women's basketball softball it's not feasible for oklahoma state to join the pac-12 now when you look at the fact that you're adding usc ucf you're adding cincinnati you're adding byu I think that's where the importance of the fact that Oklahoma State's athletic budget is going to eclipse $100 million in the next couple of years because you're not only going to be sending football to UCF and possibly Cincinnati. You're going to send basketball at least once. You're going to send baseball at least once. You're going to send softball at least once. You know, it, it's it's such a an interesting dynamic, and that's something that we got into when we had uh, President Shrum on. You know, the – does that play into it? Like, do you, obviously football is what drives the boat. Football is what makes all the money. So you're going to make the best decision that makes the best sense for football. But everything is affected by what decision you make with football. Yeah, I don't don't see, in, in my little crystal ball here, I don't see the mega conferences thing happening. I see more of no conferences thing happening and you schedule almost everybody's an independent sort of i mean because everybody's just notre dame pretty much kind of you're gonna schedule people that are that are around your you're gonna equal the playing field i'm not gonna go schedule texas every year if i'm not having texas budget alabama can play texas all they want because that's equal playing field i'll be curious to see how that works because i have i've heard both arguments i've heard the mega conference and i've heard no conference i think there's too much money involved in college football for there not to be 
some sort of regional control. Yeah, I think it'll switch to. I think what at one point in time people thought there were just going to be two like massive conferences with four divisions each, mm-hmm. and I think I think you could get like. Four major conferences because that money has to come from exactly, somewhere. Exactly. So I think you. Could, I don't know where, but you could maybe get four like major conferences per se. But I think all the approach that we've seen this far is pretty much how the Big Twelve did it, where it's like we're gonna go get really good group of five schools and bring them in. One, it costs less than if we want to go bring in Texas OU like the SEC is doing, and. Two, yeah, like you just said, it levels the playing field in, other than, in some aspects. Other so. than USC and UCLA, um, which still makes no sense. It doesn't, but I think everybody out there, I it sounds like the other conferences are waiting on the Pac-12 to fall apart, and then they'll pick up the pieces cheaper yeah. than having to go negotiate buyouts, having to go uh, give up some percentages here and there. I mean, I You know, at this point, it kind of seems like adding Colorado would have been a good choice, huh? Just might have been last well, last year because that was we we talked about that is like okay well if you are going to expand the four logical choices mm-hmm. you get Arizona Arizona State Colorado Utah Colorado because they're the closest yeah but it was like Colorado hasn't had a winning like they haven't had winning seasons like I think it's like two out of the last ten or one out of the last ten so they don't really bring anything in terms of. Well, until the Deion Sanders hire. And they didn't bring anything in. Yeah. Yeah. Any, you know, you couldn't say, oh, well, we need an extra $30 million on our broadcast rights because we have Colorado. It's like, they would say, no, thank you. Well, That's how a, about you take an extra 30 off? You're going to bring but, him in for a win yeah. and get paid to do it. But but now, yeah, you combine Dion and Colorado, if it's successful, which I don't. I don't know if they're going to be winning the Pac-12 or winning national championships, but when you look at the talent they brought in, it's clear that he's a good yeah. football coach. It's successful. But it's weird, though, that he had a lot of success at a smaller level, but yet people think it's a good hire. Mm. Interesting. It's, it's weird that being a good coach at smaller levels translates. Does um, it? I guess. But they've mm. got a lot of talent. You know, I, I think Colorado's going to be good. I don't know about winning the Pac-12 this year, but I think they'll be a hell of a lot better than they were have, last year. I have to think that his end game is Florida State, though. That it goes from Jackson State to Colorado. You make Colorado work for two or three years. Who's I don't even who's Flo- who's you, Florida State's coach? I don't know. See, that's what, and so I think, he can't be on like a massive. Do they have field. Norval. Is it still Norvell? I is don't it, know. It may Norvell, be. Norvell. I don't. Yeah, whoever they just well, they just played OU, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> they just they just beat him. So. Uh, but I, I got to think his his end game is ultimately uh, yeah State. it's still Martin Mike Norvell, yeah. um, but you have to and it makes sense because while Florida State is not the Florida State it was twenty years ago, I would think you probably still need some resume before Florida State's like well you played here, why not let's give you a shot right. like if he can go to Colorado like he went to uh, Jackson State had a lot of success brought a lot of money. I know he paid. Uh, I know he himself paid a lot of money to make things work, but mm-hmm. he had a lot of success there. Recruited really well. If he can go to Colorado, one of the perennial dumpster fires in all of college football, and go seven and six this year, I I oh. think it's a very they he brings Shadur with him. Mm-hmm. He brings Travis Hunter with him, the number one overall recruit in last year's class. Mm-hmm. They go and get the number one overall recruit in. This year's class, I believe, or maybe next year's. I can't remember. No, it's this year's because back-to-back classes they and got the number one overall transfers. You get all those transfers, and it's it's you know 
even with the way things have been in Colorado, it's not a stretch to say that the expectations this upcoming fall are full or bust. Well, and I'll, I'll say this, uh, just off of personal experience, I can see how it is not difficult. Like, if you're winning or mm-hmm. you have some kind of hope, it's Boulder is 30 minutes outside of Denver, Colorado, one of the biggest metroplexes in America. And Boulder itself, I don't have you been to Boulder? Mm-hmm. It is a beautiful oh, yeah. city. And you're 30 minutes from Denver. It is not. And, and if, you, if all of a sudden you're NIL, so you give a 19-year-old with $2 million 30 minutes from Denver, it's not going to be hard to recruit. Colorado, right. as yeah. we've already seen, and they yeah. are a horrible football team as it is right now. Yeah. So it's if if Dion can even if they go seven and six this year, they'll be they'll be just fine. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not too concerned. So all right, uh, any final thoughts? We got just a couple minutes here before we we really officially need to wrap the it up. The stock market, give it time. Your money's not going to double overnight. Wait a couple of years and then we'll talk. Yeah, you're not uh, you're not Mark Cuban. Not Mark Cuban. No, this is th- no Shark Tank. I think you know this. This may be probably our one of our last heavy football podcasts. We'll probably really dive off into basketball. For about a another more. at least a month or so. Yeah. Once we get closer and, to spring uh, football, so we'll get into basketball. We need to do baseball, baseball. preview, softball preview. Yeah, we're working we need to talk JC Hoyt more because they yeah. are. We've they I've, won again. I've got uh, we've we have Trey Cobb lined up, but they started doing live bullpens on Wednesday. We were supposed to get them Monday. Monday didn't work out. I think for me. Tuesday didn't work out, and then Wednesday he started live bullpen. So his schedule is all over the place. We can just go interview him during a bullpen. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Trey, Um, what do you think about the new team? Yeah, yeah, right? That's good stuff. Um, And you know what? We'll We'll find a way to get wireless mics, and I'll stand in the box. While he throws, and I'll will John. This is getting better and better. We'll do the. I won't have a bat, but I'll stand in the box so to give him a live look. Um, I don't think it would matter if you had a bat or not. <laughs> I think it would have. You could have a tennis racket. It, it would have fifteen years ago because I would have hit. I would have. I would have like made contact. Saying you could hit one on over the mountains. Fifteen years ago, yes. I would have made some contact. Oh. I was. I was. I was okay. I wasn't horrible. And then high school happened, and I realized that uh, being a great little league and middle school and prep baseball player means jack in high school if you don't have the money to be on a travel team and continue to pay for lessons and do all that stuff. And so um, I, sh- I focused on music. Did y'all ever see that Pros versus Joes? You remember that show? A couple <laughs> years, like, yeah. I still would love to see the average fan get in there. And get, all right, Trey, throw a slider. Ah! Did you see, uh, um, see TJ Eckert's tweet? Uh, not yesterday. I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before. OU has an offensive analyst position posted on LinkedIn. And so TJ took screenshots of all of it. And he's like, all right, everyone that thinks they know football, time to put your money where your mouth yeah, is. is. You know, and that's, it, it, it's, I'm, again, I'm not proclaiming to be this, you know, football savant or, you know, someone that knows, you know, the tactical ins and outs of the sport, but you can't just, you know, like people know football, but there's, there's a hell of a lot more nuance to hiring and firing and scheming and play calling and making adjustments and not making adjustments because guess what? There's someone that makes 7 million on the other side that is paid to do the exact same thing. And I, for one, would like Mike Gundy's money. I, for one, would hate to deal with everything that Mike has to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's he's talked about it through the season. It's not just 
when you talk about recruiting, it's not mm-hmm. I have to go see this kid. It's, not anymore. It's oh, who do I have to send to see this kid? Yeah. Every, everything has changed. Is it so worth drastically. it? Yeah. NIL tr- transfer portal recruiting. Uh, everyone can do anything. That yeah, I pass. No thanks. Uh, okay, yeah, like we said, we're going to get uh, Trey Cobb on eventually. Uh, Oklahoma State, I think preseason Big Twelve number two. They've got four preseason all Big Twelve. They got two unanimous. Uh, Jerron Watts Brown preseason pitcher and newcomer of the year. That cat can sling it. Yeah, I'm excited to watch him. Yeah, and I, you and get to really early against really good competition. They start off in Arlington with Missouri, Vanderbilt, and Arkansas. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah, and then obviously softball. I so, softball is going to win a national championship within five years. I, I think with since they've re-signed Kenny to five years, they'll win a national championship. So obviously, we're going to have a diamond preview coming up here in the next. Well, baseball plays February seventeenth, so it'll be we don't get on it. Maybe next week or the or the following, but we'll have a diamond preview coming up, and then obviously we're going to dive heavily into hoops, and then in two months we'll uh, we'll really dive back into football because that's when spring kicks back up. But John, I appreciate you stopping in, Brian. Thanks I for appreciate having me as you, uh, always. Driving all over the state and yeah, making some I'm time going for all us over today. And, yeah, absolutely. But that's going to do it for the Pokesport podcast. We'll talk to you next time here on PokesReport.com.